This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Scott from California. When I'm not hiking at national parks, I'm stacking Benjamins. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and printers all over are cranking out invitations again for live weddings with actual guests. And if you decide to go out again, how do you make a splash without breaking the bank? Today, we'll ask a woman who should know because she's the mind behind the Couple Money podcast, Elle Martinez. And from this podcast, it's OG. And from LenPenzo.com, it's the Wedding Crashers. No, I'm just kidding. I think they're still crashing Jane Seymour's party. It's just Len Penzo. Hey, kids, how about winning some Benjamins with your super money knowledge? We'll talk to Terry Williams from One United Bank about their I Got Bank financial literacy contest on today's show. Later, we'll magnify John's money, who has a son who made a killing on Dogecoin. What does the roundtable think about crypto investing? And I'll keep the roundtable on their toes with my trivia question. And now, a guy who won't be able to crash a wedding if he doesn't get invited to one, it's Joe Saucihai. Isn't it the point of crashing a wedding? Was it you weren't invited, Doug, and you crashed it? Hey, everybody. Welcome to Understanding the, the Script for the Win podcast. I'm Joe Salcihi, Average Joe Money on Twitter. And what a weekend opener we have for you because we've got a wild and crazy bunch here with us. Let's start off across the card table from me where Mr. OG's hanging out. How are you, man? Happy Friday. I'm so happy it's yeah, Friday. I got my papers. You hear my papers? You do. <laughs> I got my notes. I'm ready to rock and roll. Like you're, you are all, the, you're in it to win it today. I, yeah, sign Like nine years of podcasting, and he finally brings notes. Good work. It's good. Well, they're not notes about the show. They're oh, just no. completely the other, travel plans. It's exactly. <laughs> it's the dinner menu for tonight, and also what I'm doing when we get done recording. And the guy who's already done recording in his brain, D 
deep under Los Angeles, Mr. Lempenzo's back. Joe, how are you, my friend? I am fantastic hanging out with you, buddy. How's the train set coming? The train set, it's coming along. I've uh, built, uh, what, three buildings? I've built a, an electrical substation. Uh, I'm sharing a lot. It's on trainboard.com if you want to want to see it. We'll link uh, you to know it. What? We will link oh, to really? it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Link to Oh, yeah. Because Please do. Yeah. Everybody can see how I'm doing on my, on my choo-choo. It's, it's coming along really well. It sounds like a full-time job, Len. I'm just saying. It is. I'll admit this weekend, I, I spent 16 hours in, in that room building. <laughs> That's dedication. <laughs> hey, I'm doing good it's too, something, Len. Al. It's something, Al. It's a sickness almost, I think. I'm, I'm doing good too, Len. I'm doing good too. <laughs> I, I know. I know, G. Oh, okay. I, I mean, you didn't. Love you, bro. Didn't love say you. anything to me, so I, and I that, love you. The, guys, I got to introduce the special guest. You can't. You guys can hug it out later. Let's introduce the guest <laughs> here to carry the show because you two dorks can't. From Couple Money, it's El Martinez back with us. Hey, hey, I'm excited about this. I love to talk about these topics, and well, uh, we thought couples up. at the beginning of being a couple. So who would know about that? It's got to be L. Yeah, I've been there going to be 15 years this year and been a guest on quite a few. So yeah, weddings are something to celebrate, but uh, yeah, it can hit the wallet hard. Oh, it hits the wallet so hard. But before we get yeah. into that, because we are going to mm -hmm. dig in and we're going to lean on that experience that you have, tell the three people that don't know about Couple Money about the show, because I don't know, I have fun taking you out on my runs. It's probably one of the most just you have so much attention to production. It is just such a well-produced show. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, with Couple Money, I think the name says it all. It's helping couples get on the same page with not just their finances, but with their goals. And with the podcast this year, I'm excited. We've expanded a little bit, uh, not just marriage and money, but we talk about this year more about travel, looking at houses, and financial independence and freedom. So it's that intersection of love and money and having fun with it. I think that's not discussed enough. Actually enjoying the journey and the process together. When you said the name says it all, I'm like, oh, and I thought it was so cryptic. Couple money. I never, I, I didn't have any idea. Well, there you go. I tried for married money, but the domain was taken. So, you know, I, don't, I like couple money. I don't lateral. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, we got L here. We've got OG. We got Len. Let's get this party started. But first, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. All right, we're going to talk weddings today, so let's move. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our stacking Benjamin's headlines. Well, this piece is uh, pretty timeless. It's by Ann Freeman, and it actually, in, in full disclosure, came out a few years ago. But I don't know, I find myself continually going back to it because of the fact that 
it really hits the nail on the head, no matter what year it is. I remember just after I got out of college going to so many weddings and just, I had no money. I'm invited to like 50 weddings and it just took my horrible financial situation and made it even worse. So this piece comes to us from uh, moneycrashers.com and it's written by Amy Freeman. And it talks about a few things. It talks about budgeting for weddings. It talks about how to cut costs for wedding essentials, which we'll get into each one of these, including the Mm -hmm. outfit, the gift, transportation, lodging, and then saving money if you're in the wedding, and then finally picking which ones to attend. So let's start off in general, budgeting for the wedding. L is the guest. We'll have you go first here if you don't mind. How much money do you budget for a wedding? How do you know how much to budget for a wedding? This is so tricky because this is definitely playing in the emotions. The special day you guys are starting your journey together and everyone is going to be different on how they approach this. But I feel like couples should sit down and talk about realistically, first of all, what do they want out of their budget? When they say, you know, my wedding day, what are you imagining? And then talk about, okay, well, what do we have and what's the budget? So in the situation with my husband and I, at that time, he just wrapped up college. He was a new grad, first job, and I was starting my senior year. So you can imagine what our budget was. $4. (laughs) You know what? You were close. If this was a trivia question, (laughs) uh, you were pretty close. No, actually, we were fortunate. Our parents uh, wanted to help out with the wedding, but still. We talked about what we wanted guest size with the budget and ballpark. I want to say it was around 8,000, 150 people. And we had people from all around the country coming, we come from big families. So um, it took a lot of conversations and it also is interesting. A wedding is supposed to be about the couple, but a lot of times families involved. Sure. If they're contributing with the finances. So that's another conversation to have. But yeah, I was reading that article and I could not believe what the average amount was, 30000 Okay. I feel, <laughs> I don't think you should go into debt for your wedding. No, it's- I, I feel like this is going to start off your, your marriage on the, on the wrong foot. And since money is such a huge, huge deal when it comes to fights, I think if you can get your wedding right, you're off to a great start. On the other hand, looking at mm-hmm. going to other people's weddings, I got invited to a wedding this year, Len, for the first time in, I don't know, it's going to be five years. I'm pretty excited about it. But of course, I'm in Texas. The wedding's in Michigan. Do you keep some type of a travel fund? Do you keep some type of a travel budget that, okay, now instead of going on vacation, I'm going to my niece's wedding? Well, not anymore. You know, you get to be an old, old guy like me who's been around and who can afford that. Not anymore. But when we were younger, yes, we had, we had an entertainment I mean, going back to say when I was being late twenties, I had an entertainment portion of my budget and that was part of the entertainment budget. And, uh, when that was gone, that was gone. And if I didn't have it, you know, I, I you know, I send my regrets, you know, but you really? know, if, if I could, I, so yeah. it, so and maybe it, a wiener schnitzel, maybe a wiener schnitzel coupon for, for good luck for them for, <laughs> you know, put that in the, put that in the regrets RS, the card, but, but no, yeah, that's, you know, you do the best you can. There were weddings that you didn't attend that were of friends because you couldn't afford it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, that's, that's mm-hmm. difficult. OG, how about you? I was just thinking about like the timing of life and when all that happens, mm-hmm. you know, you just said that you just got your first wedding invite in five years. 
And we just got one too, actually, as a matter of fact, but it was one for scheduled for last year that got canceled. Yes. So now this was just kind of like, they got married anyway, did the whole court thing, but then they're doing the party here in a couple of weeks. Uh, I was thinking, gosh, it's been so long since we've got a wedding invitation. Either we're terrible wedding guests or that's just a different stage of life. And so when, when do you get all of the wedding invitations when you're like in your twenties and early thirties and you don't have any money, and like Len said, now you're like, yeah, I'll go if I want. Cause I I'm a go zillionaire, just like uh, Forrest Gump would say. But when this affects you is early on, it affects you when you're at the stage when you don't have the money to be able to go. That's when everybody gets married. So let's talk it's kind of a funky time. Let's yeah, and especially when you're like right out of college too, right. I mean, because a lot of your friends have spread out, right? And mm-hmm. so most of the weddings are across the country or, or, you know, halfway across the country. It's not like, you know, your local group of friends. It's, yeah, you're exactly right, OG. Say that again. <laughs> what? Oh, you said something about being exactly <laughs> Oh, I know what I, I, oh, I, I purposely oh, yes. forgot. <laughs> okay. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny guys. Cause I, I, I've really despised the last year of all the zoom fun that we had, you know, getting the family together on zoom. But I think that if we could have had zoom weddings when I was in my twenties, that would have been so great. And I'm the attendee that leaves his camera off, you know, and we just- did that. We did that last year, Joe. We actually, uh, zoom the, honeybees, the honeybees. Yes. Uh, sister had got married and it was on, it was on zoom. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, Cause this was during the COVID, right. And this was, uh, you know, all done over zoom. Wow. Yeah. yeah we yeah. attended a zoom wedding as well. It was so less stressful, especially <laughs> with two kids in tow. It was like, you guys can be in the other room. Don't worry. You just we'll leave just, your, you just know, leave your microphone dress nicely. Off. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. Dress up a little bit. See, I would put I on would. a nice shirt that they could see. And then keep the sweatpants on. Well, I have my go-to summer dress, so, you know, you got to have your go-to outfits for special occasions. But it is doable. That It it is doable. It works. Well, Anel talks about her go-to summer dress. And when it talks about attending a wedding, right? So we're getting ready to go to this wedding. And Cheryl says, literally yesterday, that I haven't been to one of these things in forever. I haven't had to dress up in a long time. She's like, do you even have any clothes to wear to this stuff? Like, well, yeah, yeah, I, I actually have like one outfit that I can probably wear. So I'm going to get by it. But, you know, L, it's completely different. And the piece talks about this. It's completely different for women. Right. So yes. affording the outfit, how do you come up with the budget to look at the outfit and where do you cut corners there? So I thought it was an interesting suggestion where they're saying keep it uh, a neutral color. And then your accessories, you mix it up. You I mean, do just go with white, that. just go with a white dress. Like, oh, I, I feel like you're just asking for a fight at a wedding. <laughs> Don't go there or, you know, got to be careful with what you wear. I it's, it's coded. Everything's coded. No, I um, went to, I went to a wedding L uh, not to cut you off. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I went to go a ahead. wedding where the mother of the groom wore white and you could just see that there was going to be problems. <laughs> Yeah. Um, hopefully they, they're was still it, was it before Was it before Memorial Day? Was it a double offense? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? This but is anyway, May 15th, for God's sake. But anyway, Al, you said, uh, oh, you thought it was interesting. They said to wear neutral. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I have outfits based on the season. I don't have a huge closet, 
but I have my, you know, the summer, the spring. I live in North Carolina, so literally it doesn't matter what season you're in. It can start off winter and end up in summer by the afternoon. So I've mastered switching out on that. But I love the idea with the accessories because then you can coordinate it with the wedding. If you know the wedding colors are going to be purple, you have a little accessory over here. Looks like uh, you did it just for the wedding, but no, it's just your go-to piece. And it's very affordable, especially if you have multiple weddings in the same year. I also know, I like the suggestion here for Rent the Runway. I know that mm -hmm. uh, when my daughter was in high school and in college, she used Rent the Runway. And what was what was always really fun for me as a frugal dad, even though she paid for it herself, was that she mm -hmm. got the message that she could look great. Like she would look phenomenal. And her dress was a fraction of the price that everybody else's dress was because she was sending it back the next day. It was, it was a fantastic way to go. Uh, Len? You worry about wearing neutral to the wedding? No, but that's a, a fantastic idea. I mean, you know, especially if you're a guy, I mean, you have these weird bright pink or chartreuse or powder blue outfits, you know, it's like, where else are you going to wear that? So no, I think that renting is a great idea. Yeah. And it is true here that says you can wear, if you're a guy, you can generally wear the same thing to wedding after wedding and nobody's going to bat an eye. I got uh, very lucky. No one's noticing. Yeah, why, why is that? But why is that? You notice that? It is, it's, if two women show up in the same thing, it's a disaster. If two guys show up in the same thing, we high five each eye. other. Yeah, we do. We, we compliment <laughs> yeah. each other for, for dressing, you know, having the same taste. Like great You're wearing life. jeans too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Flip flops. Both of us. Uh, number two on this list is the gift. And I think we can probably spend some time here, but let's talk about some innovative gifts when it comes to somebody's wedding. OG, how about you? I, 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 I'm a bad person for this. I'm, I'm a check writer. Yeah. I'm just a check. Here's some I money. I love that. That sounds yeah. great. Yeah. It's easy. It almost is like a, uh, like a cop out, <laughs> you know, like, oh crap, the wedding's tomorrow. Ah, we'll just give them some money. That's fine. You know, when we got married, we got a whole bunch of crap. You know, Len, you were talking about your anniversary coming up and of the stuff that you still have, but how much stuff didn't you keep, you know, or what, 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 what was just, you know, when do you need a China silver, you know, serving bowl that you use four times in 25 years, you know, like that stuff, people like to give that stuff. But when I was 24 and getting married, we needed the money, you know, we, yeah. <laughs> we, we had to get an apartment and move our stuff and all that sort of thing. So I think uh, some of it has, has a little bit to do with the timing of it as well. I don't think you have to go crazy with it either, you know, with the money. Yeah. 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 Some of it depends on your relationship, of course, but, but I don't think you want to come without a gift. That would be, a, that's bad form. L. Yeah. I actually love the idea of giving money. I don't know any couple getting married. A lot of times they're getting married or they're buying a house. Like it happens very quickly. There's multiple things. So having that money that they can put into savings, either paying off the wedding or if they're going to buy a house in a few years, that's a huge help. I, I think that's fantastic. I also, for our wedding, I thought was great was we had some very talented friends offer us a wedding gift to help us out. So my husband's grandparents, his grandmother and aunts were caterers. And so they did the wedding cake. Oh, that's and great. And they offered to do that. So that was custom. That was a huge financial help. But then it also was sentimental. It was a connection with that. And then we had another friend who is um, more than an interior designer. She handles a lot of stuff with new construction and builds and everything. And she also is just very design oriented. 
did flowers. Um, I have allergies, so we did. We went with the. Silks. I, I don't want to say. Yeah, the silks, yeah. Uh, fake flowers, but they were really nice, and I still have the bouquet from them. She did a fantastic job. So I, I think looking for those opportunities where you know you have a talent and at least offer. If they say no, they say no. I think that was a great connection. And then one time when I was a bridesmaid, I made a custom mead. So I homebrew um, on occasion. And I wanted to do a honey wine or a mead that reflected the couple. So it was something unique. And I did get something off the registry as well. I feel like if they put something on the registry, don't try to be funny and get something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a little annoying. So I got something there and then I got something personal and I, I felt like it was a good mix and it didn't break the budget. What if we, Ochi, the next wedding we get introduced, we get uh, invited to, to do that connection. We podcast their wedding. Ooh. Send them some t-shirts. <laughs> I know you didn't ask for these, but they're awesome. We're standing, we're standing up right behind everybody. Okay. Here comes the bride. All right. We got the, uh, the gentleman over there on the, 10 on the dress. <laughs> I mean, this would be great. You guys could have the, the wedding information in the front and then your brand in the back. There you go. <laughs> have Doug do the announcements. That'd be so bad. So bad. And now Susan. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs who needs music when you do that? Len, the gift? Um, I will say probably if you're looking, this is a great idea. So everybody, you go ahead and use this. So this is one of – I have my blog post out of the, right now that's uh, the seven modest wedding gifts that I'm still enjoying 25 years later. And this is one of the seven. And it is inexpensive. It's really very special. And I think uh, a lot of you guys should steal this idea because it's an awesome gift. My friends, Kyle and Annie, what they did is they made a shadow box with our wedding in- invitation and some other m- mementos that kind of, of the honeybee and myself. And they put them in that. It's nothing big at all. It's very small. We proudly have it on display to this day. It's still obviously it's relevant and we love it and we get joy from it every single day to this day. And I bet you the whole thing, I mean, it's just very modestly cost, but yeah. it's not about how much money. It has nothing to do with it. In this article I wrote, if you look at these gifts that we still have and we're still enjoying 25 years, six of them are very, very, anybody can buy them and they're very special gifts. So anyways, that's, that's, no, a great that's fantastic. Idea. Customized my shadow box. Th- that's great. My cousin did that for us. It didn't have everything else. It was just, they just framed mm-hmm. the invitation. Uh, so the front of the invitation, yep. then they cut it and ha- they must have had two invitations because then they had the yes. inside yes. next to it. And it exactly. was, it was fantastic. And we still it's, have it. And you're right. I mean, at Michael's that frame costs nothing. Yep. And, and, and the thing is, if you say, well, that's just a frame, but it's not really, it's in a shadow box. It's how you, pre- it's the presentation, yeah, abs- it's how yes. they present it. Yeah. So it is personal yes. and you think of the people who gave it to you. So, I mean, it's a great gift and it's very inexpensive. Now gifts, by the way, that you didn't like, I want to do this just very, very quickly or gifts that you thought that you would like. And, and I'll kick this one off. I thought for sure that the fondue pot, we, we were going to have fun with that over and over and over. <laughs> We had our estate sale last year. I think I used that thing in 27 years. I used it once. The fondue thing, just bringing that out at home never happened. But the griddle, 
there was a griddle that you just put on your stovetop and do sausages on or pancakes or whatever. I used the crap out of that. And, and I remember opening that going, why does Aunt Marie think I need a griddle? And that griddle, <laughs> amazing, just incredible. Uh, lend bad gift or a gift that well, you don't you're gonna use. Get, you're going to get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully the people that gave this to me either don't, passed don't away listen. or, <laughs> or they, hopefully or they they're dead listen, or they don't Wait, listen. <laughs> Hold on a second. Uh, I guess it's, I'd have to say it's the Mr. T. The, the Mr. T. <laughs> the Mr. T. Tea maker, oh, which we never okay. used. Oh, You make sun tea. I mean, a, a jar in the sun is better than this Mr. T thing. Yeah, boy, I sure hope they've passed away. I, 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 or I sure hope Mr. those T. people are dead. <laughs> like from the A team, Mr. T, or is it just like a general like Mr. No, Mr. Like T. A. Oh, oh, okay. Mr. Mr. T. That'd have been a great See, person I, to. Uh, I, I'm think I'm literally thinking A team. Like they had those out there. Man, I'm in a room who does like tea at my job. Yeah, it's the opposite of Mr. Coffee. It's Mr. T. El okay. should have been here last week when we talked about Mr. T. It was his birthday a week ago. We had a whole Mr. T thing going. Uh, L bad gift gift that. Just didn't give. Okay, so I I don't want to get in trouble too. I know this person's alive, <laughs> and I love them. Uh, but there's a reason we put something on our list. Like we were very specific. We said, you know what, we're not going to have a huge registry, but we want things that we we know we're going to enjoy. And if you know me, one of the things I don't like is the color red. I, I, it's just weird. I'm more of a blue green person. Everything in our registry was blue. And this person just brought this, not on the registry, this item, it was red. And I'm like, hey, it's going to go with nothing. It's like, where did oh. you get this? So I still love them. I love them. They confused me with my mom. My mom is like, she loves red. She's addicted to red. Oh. She tried to get us to do the wedding in red. Uh, and I was like, no, we're not. We're not, not going to do that. But the biggest surprise gift, I will say, is the slow cooker. I guess now it would be Instapot. But like, that is the most used and love gift we had i mean we had for over 10 years till it broke because we used it so much ours was a similar gift that we used heck out of that i also didn't understand at the time was a vegetable steamer i was like i don't know mm -hmm. if i want a vegetable steamer and oh man that thing is it's so beat up and we and, and i think this is our second one and it's horrible oh gee anything uh i have no recollections of any of our no. gifts or anything whatsoever no i mean but but we got a lot of the junk i mean again we were 24 and 21 or 22 like when we registered for our stuff i thought, I thought you were gonna say we were 24 and 15 no okay it's a little weird <laughs> sorry i just read a thing last night that one of the states i don't remember which state just increase the age for you to get married from 14 to 16 what the hell? <laughs> I, I couldn't. E I couldn't even tell you who my favorite Backstreet Boy was. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, seriously. All right. So that took right. a weird turn. We're just going to try to just <laughs> yank the wheel back right. Just we're in the ditch, and just sometimes you just got to power through it. Just overcorrect the other way. Let's get on the road. Okay. Um, what I was gonna say before whatever happened happened there was we did the same stuff. You go through the, you know, do the registry and it's cool. And you get like, I need a spatula and I need knives and I need like all that sort of stuff. But then there was like Elle said, like, I might like this or like Len said, I might like tea. So I'm, I should get it just in case. And, and I think we went overboard on all the stuff 
Yeah. And ended up with a bunch of like useless things, just like you were talking about, Joe, where you're like, what the hell am I going to do with two griddles or a four crock pots and that sort of thing? So you pass it off to the next wedding you're invited to. <laughs> yeah. Or birthday party. Yes. A bread maker. Yeah. But wait a minute, they're 11 and you're giving them a bread maker. Like an old school. <laughs> yeah. So I don't really remember much from our wedding at all, other than it was very over the top. Number three here, transportation. When you're thinking about going across the USA, of course, I'm going from Texas to Michigan for this one. A way that I cut costs for this is to combine other other things and seeing other people. Mm-hmm. So instead of just going to the wedding, Cheryl and I are making it a little summer week-long trip. So we get a few things done in one fell swoop instead of just there and back. Thoughts on reducing cost, Elle? Yeah, I kind of like to make it a trip as well, an event. With the exception of a wedding in Denver, we drive, yeah. uh, which depending on how, you know, how far away that is, kind of an adventure. And then I like the idea about Airbnb. We split a house when we were in Denver. We had some family, my cousin, uh, my mom, my sister, and it was a big enough house. We each had our own section. And the portion we paid for almost a week there in Denver was less than the price of one night at the hotel that they had um, for the wedding. Yeah. Downtown. Wow. We did something similar for my son's graduation. We got a house (laughs) where everybody could stay and it it made it really fun. It was great. Everybody had their own little area. And then we had a nice big, uh, nice big kitchen living room where we all congregated. That was good. Len, how about you? Yeah, I think you've nailed most of the ones that make the most sense. I, uh, short of, you know, moving to Salina, Kansas, and then that way you're in the dead center of the country <laughs> and you have – it's the least amount of distance no matter where you – you know, us poor folks on the on the coast like Ellen and myself, we're uh, – those East Coast or West Coast weddings cost a lot. Cost yeah. a lot, so. Yeah, OG? Yeah, just combine it with other things. I mean, my personal pet peeve about weddings is when people put them on holiday weekends – you know, because everybody's going to be traveling anyway, and that's their excuse. And I just kind of go like, yeah, but I had, I got, uh, I want to do my own thing on Memorial Day. I don't want to go do your thing. Why do I have to do your thing? <laughs> Make your thing the next weekend, and then I'll have two weekends off. Come on, be a pal. But um, Joe's looking at me like, damn, you're self-centered. <laughs> no, I feel the same. I feel exactly oh, okay, the same. Good. Yeah, good. Yeah. You know, you got to have your day, but there's 4,000 different ways to, to get to wherever you want to go. And like you said, Joe, when you're traveling, if you can combine it with other stuff, if you can make a, make another trip out of it or a work trip or go see customers or, you know, some other way that can kind of help offset a little of the cost. I don't like the, uh, you know, in the article it says, take a bus for $5. That might be a bridge too far for OG, but there was a but, time yeah. then though, when I was right out of college, we're taking the bus would have been a great idea. Oh, same, same from yeah. Virginia to New York city. We did that. I can't even imagine doing that now, No, but it <laughs> yeah. was, but then, then it was just an adventure. I don't know about for you. It was, be adventure. An adventure. It was pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, last thoughts, biggest takeaway mm-hmm. for our stacker family when it comes to weddings, we'll let our guest of honor have the last word. So G, you want to go first? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. It's okay to say no. It's okay to say you can't make it. If it's too expensive, it's okay to do something a little different. Uh, like Al said, change the location where you guys are going to stay or see if you can share rooms or whatever. There's Just because there's the room booked at the Four Seasons doesn't mean that you have to participate in that. And if it doesn't work budget wise, it doesn't work. Nobody's going to remember who's there anyway. I mean, ask any of us 
Um, you know, I've been married 20 years, Joe 30, you know, Len 25, Ellie, you said 15. Can you name whether or not Aunt Son, who's it was at your wedding affirmatively? You're like, no, I think she was there. I'm pretty sure she was, but I don't know. Do you care? Probably not. So do whatever you can to support the couple. And sometimes, you know, you're supporting them from afar. Mr. Penzo. I think you guys have uh, nailed everything. I guess uh, all I can say add to that finally is, uh, you know, gifts don't have to be expensive. And um, if you are going to get a gift and you don't want to make it and you're going to buy something, just don't buy Mr. T. And <laughs> L. I would just say this is a celebration of love and you wish best, you know, for your friends or family members. Um, so if you can make it, definitely go for it. But if you can't, you can still, like OG pointed out, just you can still send a gift, send a note, send something personal. No need to make it a cause of stress. It should be a celebration of joy. We're super excited to be part of this promotion. One United Bank is sponsoring their 11th annual financial literacy contest. And it's for youth between the ages of 8 and 12. They have to, well, you know what? We're going to talk to Terry Williams from One United Bank about how it all works because Terry's got all the scoop for you. So if you know any kids in the community that are between 8 and 12 years old, we're going to help them maybe at the very most win this contest, but at the very least learn a little bit about financial literacy, which is great if they win or not. I think everybody wins when kids know borrow about money. So let's say hi to Terry Williams from One United Bank. One United Bank, the nation's largest black owned bank, just opened their 11th annual I Got Bank contest. 10 children are going to win a $1,000 savings account in efforts to support families who are homeschooling their children due to the coronavirus pandemic. Here to explain how it works, walking down the stairs to the basement right now, what your child may need to do is uh, Terry Williams, One United Bank president. How are you, Terry? I'm great. I'm great, Joe. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm so happy that you would stop by on the One United Bank world tour for this. <laughs> Tell me, did this contest really start with you searching for children's books? Is that how it started? Yes, yes. So we had this Adopt-A-School program. So first of all, Wayne Knight Bank, we're a digital bank, but we also have branches in Boston, Miami, and LA. And in those cities, we adopt schools and go to the schools to educate kids about money. And so we were looking for books to use, you know, as part of that educational process. And we couldn't find any books that really um, spoke to an urban community. I mean, we found a lot of books that had to do with white picket fences and lemonade stands out in the suburbs, but there wasn't anything that really dealt with sort of being in an urban environment and some of the issues that our children are confronted with. So I said, okay, well, let me just, you know, write this little pamphlet. And I started writing this pamphlet and the character, which is Jazz Ellington, this 10 year old boy, really started to speak to me and just said, oh, no, 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 this is you got to write more, write more. And <laughs> what started as a pamphlet ended up turning into a book. And I have to say, I'm glad I wrote it because it covers everything from credit scores 
to check systems records, to money laundering, to check cashers, you know, the type of things that, you know, sort of our community is confronted with, you know, why is there a check casher on every corner and no banks? Or, you know, why is it that, and this is typical, you know, sort of African-American families, there's, you know, there may be one person that seems to have a little bit of money, and then there are other people that don't and expect that one person to save them, you know. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of that that goes on that was needed in terms of a story. Um, and I made it entertaining and fun. Uh, but anyway, so that book ended up turning into a contest. We started this contest 11 years ago. I can't believe it's been that long. It's for kids from 8 to 12 years old. We asked them to either read my book or any book on money. And then um, we started as an essay contest, but then we expanded it to include art. I'm so glad we did. I thought that was but a we said great express, I've, you know. By the way, Terry, I've never seen that from a bank. Art being included in this, I thought was really neat. But different ways people can express themselves. Exactly. Exactly. In fact, I think this year, out of the 10 winners, at least five of them are art, um, even though we didn't uh, plan for it that way. But we say express how you would use the lessons that you learned from the book to help yourself and your family. And the stories that kids tell have just been amazing over the years. Um, So we choose 10 winners, but I actually feel like every child that participates is a winner. I mean, 10 winners get a $1,000 savings account, but I can tell you all the kids that read a book and write about it or do an art project really have a different relationship with money after that point. The parents tell us that. They start asking them questions like, what are you doing with your money? And, you know, do you have a savings account? And, you know, do we own this home? And, you know, what's a mortgage payment? What's your mortgage payment? You know, <laughs> I so, can see I can see mom starting to sweat a little bit. <laughs> No, the the kids become forever changed. So it's just a wonderful contest. And I, you know, I also have seen our community grow, you know, not just from this contest, but we've just been focusing on uh, wealth building and generational wealth building. I always say, you know, sort of historically, our community has raised our kids to one day take care of us. And we're now changing that mindset to what are we going to leave for our children? Mm. And that's a very different mindset. And so I'm glad that the kids in participating in this contest are starting to ask their parents questions. And I, I hope that our parents are that, you know, our, our customers actually, which are the parents, um, start thinking about, you know, money differently. I, I have so many questions. I think I'm going to start with the big, Cerebral question first and work down to some technical questions, Terry. But we've spoken with John Hope Ryan about people being unbanked. We've spoken with Tiffany Aliche, the budget Nista, who I know is going to be at a conference you're holding. We'll talk about that in a little bit. We've been a part of the Federal Reserve uh, a program to help people get banked. Why are so many people unbanked still today? Yeah, no, it is a challenge that we also accept. What we have found is 30% of our community has a check systems record. Now, a lot of your, you know, listeners probably don't even know what check systems is. <laughs> we know about credit scores. 
We know about credit agencies, you know, Experian, TransUnion, but we've never heard of check systems. Check systems is also a credit agency that reports on whether or not you use your bank account responsibly. So if your bank account is closed because of an overdraft, you have a check systems record and you are no longer able to open a bank account with any bank. We have something called a second chance checking account that will allow you to open an account with us to give you a second chance, but most banks don't and you will be, you know, I hate to say it, but sort of banned from, from banking. So, so that's, and, and because our community doesn't know that this thing exists, and we're not educated uh, about that, you know, we tend to hit that wall. The second is that there has actually been a historical, not good relationship between banks and, and the black community. And systemic racism is real. I mean, banks financed the slave trade, you know, banks redlined our community, you know, so there's been a lot of mistrust of banks. And we're working to overcome that you know, first of all, by the whole bank black movement and saying you can bank with a black bank, but also by recognizing that it's not just about a bank account. You know, it is about how we're teaching our kids. It is about, you know, how we're focusing on wealth building, even for services that we don't offer as a bank. You know, we talk about how you need to have life insurance. You need to have a will. You know, these are things that we don't offer, but are important in the wealth building journey. So, you know, it's really being authentic and really expressing the journey of money in a different way is how we're getting our community to sort of trust in banks and come back to the banking industry. I noticed the way that you guys charge fees is also different. I feel like a lot of the time the banking fee system is built on the backs of people that can't afford these high fees. I remember I really struggled with money in my early 20s. And man, the fees that Bank of America socked to me, Terry, were just outrageous. And and those were going to perks to people that really didn't care about the perks, I felt like. Yeah. No, it's sort of interesting. I had that experience when my niece came to stay with me and she opened up an account with a large bank and got hit with, you know, $700 in fees. And I was just like, how could that be? You know, um, so, yes, we, we are very conscious of fees and, and doing things to make our products affordable. And then we also uh, strive to help our community understand how to avoid fees. Part of our mission is to respect people regardless of their account balance. And, and we say that explicitly because in banking, it tends to be that the more money you have, the more respect you're given. Right. right. <laughs> Our view is really just the opposite, to respect the human being, you know, regardless of their account balance and try to figure out ways to help them, you know, on their journey. Well, that's the big society question, Terry. So we'll put that aside now and go to the tactical question. This feels to me, and you alluded to this earlier, to be a great opportunity for mom or dad to work with kids on money. What are some best practices you've seen parents use with kids besides this contest and teaching them about money? So, you know, and it, I'm glad you asked that because it, it is part of the book and it is something that I talk to mom and dads about, which is that, you know, an allowance is important and giving 
kids the opportunity to have a you know limited amount of money. I don't care if it's a dollar or ten dollars a week or you know in the book it talks about getting an allowance the same as your age. So if you're five, you get five dollars a week. If you're ten, you get ten dollars a week. You know, if you're sixteen, you get sixteen dollars a week. But having an allowance really helps kids uh, focus on money and focus on how to use money. Today, you know, money isn't as visible as it was when we were growing up. You know, then you actually got cash. And I remember getting an allowance and going into a store with my little, you know, five dollars. And but today money can be somewhat invisible, you know, because everything is electronic. So I do recommend that kids are given an allowance and that it becomes more visible to them. Um, and then the second is to set up some sort of automatic savings plan. And I I say this for for the kids as well as for the adults. You know, one of the things, probably the, the biggest thing I learned as I went on my money journey is that if money went into my pocket, I was more likely to spend it. And so having some money put away automatically really, really makes a difference in terms of being able to save. And to be honest, I don't miss it in my pocket, you know, because it, it happens automatically. So those are the two lessons. And in fact, in the book, uh, Jazz, who's this 10-year-old that has saved $2,000, it's because he got an allowance and the allowance went automatically into his savings account. You know, I use that story to really preach that message. The third thing I would say for families is to, and I know, you know, sort of interesting looking at, at your studio in the basement, that, you know, look around your home because it is a reflection of your values. Kids sort of take in those kind of messages. So, yeah, get get some pictures up about money or get a vision board up of where you want to go. But, you know, recognize that kids are visual and they're going to see things that really should speak to what you want them to see in their lives. Well, and I love that, too, because money is not like it was when you and I were growing up when you talked about having cash. I mean, I remember my twins, Terry, asking when I told them we didn't have any money, said, well, why don't you take the card and go over to the machine? Because that machine spits out money over there. Dad, I don't know if you know that. That is the money spitter. We need more of that. Right. Yeah. No, it it is a new world, but it's, you know, there are benefits to it. And that's why I say the automatic savings, because, you know, we used to have to go in with our passbook and, you know, put money into our savings account and, you know, making that trip to the bank was helpful. But now that that type of thing could be done automatically. I guarantee you, if you set it up, you won't miss the money. And then you'll look up one day and be like, oh, wow, I have money, you know, in my savings. You know, with this pandemic, I think those lessons have become even more important to us as a community that we need to have some money put aside. Those are the lessons that I would share with um, parents. And and maybe, you know, the other one is somewhat self-serving to participate in the contest, um, but it's also to start to educate our kids about money at a young age. It is important for us to have those money conversations as early as possible because then it becomes a part of, of their lives. You know, the other thing that I would say that's different about when we were growing up is I remember, you know, my parents sitting at the kitchen table writing checks, uh, yeah. you know, to pay bills. Right. Bill you night. Know? Bill night. Right. Yeah. 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 And now it's all done electronically. So it'll be a different experience with our kids today 
than it was when we were growing up, but it's still the same lessons, you know, saving, paying bills, trying to be purposeful uh, with your money are all important lessons for, for kids to learn. That's fabulous. I've got three places we need to send people. I usually like to have one, but for, first is for the, for the contest, where do we send people if they'd like yeah. to uh, like to participate? So for the contest, it's oneunited.com. That's O-N-E, united.com slash book. And then it's the contest, but you can also download uh, my book for free. And it, it is, it's a fun read. It'll take you like 30 minutes an hour to read, but it's a great book for kids. It's a chapter I, book for kids. I yeah. thought it was so fun. It was so uh, great. My kids are 25. By the way, the art, who did the art? Yeah. So interesting. The artist for the book is different than the art that you see, behind, you know, yeah. uh, at One United Bank. But it is an artist, Adonis Parker uh, in Miami. Um, and he does a lot of art that you'll see at the bank. Uh, he, did, he did just a great job, too. There. Yeah. I yeah. just I don't know. Yeah. It just makes the stories come alive and and really fun. Uh, well, that answered my second question, which was the book. So you can also get the book there as well. And then on a whole different topic, that's great for kids. I just want to bring this up just for moms and dads out there. You've got a fantastic conference coming up as well for the adults listening. Yes. um, And we're very excited about it. Um, So it's called the One Transaction Financial Conference. Uh, It's being held on Juneteenth, which is a holiday that celebrates the emancipation of Black America. And it's June 19th, um, which is a Saturday. It's from 1 to 6 p.m. Um, Eastern time. And it's a conference to, uh, first of all, it, it is fabulous. It has great presenters, including Damon John from Shark Tank, Tiffany Haddish, the actress. And um, Tiffany, you mentioned Tiffany, Tiffany the budget. Yeah, 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 she's fabulous. I also um, think my friend uh, Chris Browning from Popcorn Finance will be yeah, speaking there as well. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Chris Brown, he's going to talk about uh, building your credit score. Um, so we have like a great series of presenters um, that are going to give all kinds of tips about money. And we call it the One Transaction Conference because we're trying to get uh, the black community to focus on the one transaction that will close the wealth gap for your family. So, you know, the wealth gap is just, you know, it's background. You know, white America has about $171,000 in, in net worth. Black America has 17000 Yeah. So that's a, a gap. Some would say a huge gap. Um, but for us, uh, as we have tried to get our community to focus on this gap, it really is one transaction. Like if you buy a home, you know, over time, that would close that gap. You know, if you had a profitable business, you know, if you had a say, you know, if you started savings and investments, you know, the, the, the younger, the better, you could close that gap for your family. So we're um, asking our community to claim your one in 2021 and um, to focus on the one transaction that could make a difference for your family. And that conference is free. And it's really just been fabulous to put it together. It is one of those experiences where you have all these brilliant minds all in one place that are really focused on educating our community and are available, you know, past the conference. So you get to meet them if you haven't met them. A lot of them are have great followings, but you get to meet them at the conference And then uh, for some of them, like Tiffany, the budgetista, or Chris Browning, you get to follow them after the conference. 
That's it's so powerful. It's funny because I'm starting to see com I'm starting to see concert lineups come out for these outdoor uh, oh, concerts yeah. again. This feels like rock stars, like finance uh, rock yeah. stars, all in one place. Like you guys are having your own money uh, concert. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're, now you're giving me an idea. Maybe we should have an outdoor financial literacy conference. How fun and, would I that mean, be? Yeah, how fun would that be? Right. So great. Lessons. Then some music, lessons, then some music. I mean, that would be fabulous. You're giving me ideas. Abs anything I can do to help, Terry. Well, yeah. thank you so much for helping us. And by the way, I'll link to both the conference and, and the contest, the fantastic contest for kids on our show right. notes page at stackybedjamins.com. Thanks for hanging out and talking financial literacy, the wealth gap, and us all working together, man. Well, thank you for having me. This is fabulous. Hey, stackers. I'm your pal, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. And eh, sorry if I seem rushed, but with Memorial Day almost upon us, you all know what that means, right? Seriously, you, you remember, right? I've only been talking about my carnival, the World Texarkana Fair, or the WTF, as I affectionately refer to it, all week long. Still waiting for your RSVPs. You know, but hey, fashionably late is cool, too, I suppose. You know, there's a ton of setting up still to do, but you know, old Doug, I'm a planner extraordinaire who should probably write a book about how all this goes down. I mean, the key here, grasshoppers, is what I call delegation. I just put the word out, click my fingers, and man, oh man, has the neighborhood come through. People are dropping off their kids to help me, and it, it appears some can stay for hours. This is fantastic. Well, I need to put the finishing touches on helping Sarah and Jose set up the bobbing for donuts stand, so let's get to today's trivia. Since today happens to be National Brisket Day, what is the heaviest bull ever recorded? I'll be back with your answer, which is totally unbelievable in just a moment. I swear, I'm a ninja with the language, people. A true wordsmith. Somebody loves his ability with the words way, way too much. Hey, if you're brand new here, you do not know that we're having year-long competition between our three regular contributors, Len, Paula, and OG. And today, Paula has the day off. And L, you're playing the part of Paula Pant. Hey! Yes. And uh, <laughs> L, there is some, uh, I don't know if you want the good news or the bad news. The good news is, well, why don't you, do, do you want the good news or the bad news? I always like the bad news first. Okay, you're tied for last. So that's, <laughs> oh, that's, the, that's the bad I news. Feel like that, I feel like that's good news. Well, the good news is because you're tied with the reigning <laughs> champion, Mr. Len Penzo, two-time reigning champion, uh, you get to go last. And Len, you'll go second. You've got six L and Len's got Wait, six. OG is so ahead with last eight. Two? Yes. Sorry. sorry. Ooh, okay. Yes. yes. Yeah. OG yeah, has- OG's running away with this now. This is getting hold serious. Hold ahead. But here on Memorial Day weekend, let's uh, do some bull trivia. So, OG, you're kicking this thing off. Biggest bull ever recorded. It would be helpful at Heaviest. this moment to know what the average bull is. That would be an important fact to know. Is that uh, disclosable? Or? I, I have no idea. Not in the, not in the did trivia. Not, did not hear okay. that. Okay. So... Um, I'm going to say that I kind of feel like 2,000 pounds is a good starting number. A ton. It's a pretty heavy thing, right? Like, is a dump truck at the 2,000 pounds? Anybody know? 
Bulls. They're not as big as dump trucks, but they might be as heavy. They're a little sturdier. Uh, so I'm going to go north of that. I'm going to say, um, oh, this is a shot in the dark. 3,148 pounds. He sets the bar at 3,148. Um, Len? You know, this is funny because I was looking at a some chat board today, and we, they were talking about, you know, having to save money or food prices are going up. And they were talking about, why don't you just go in with your neighbors and buy a, a whole beef, you yeah. know, buy a whole, right. a whole beef, you know, just get, get, get everybody together. And, and the only number it, oh, it irritates. The only thing I can remember, and I, I'm not even sure I remember this anymore. I think it, it said a hind quarter, they called it the hind quarter. And it was a list of cuts of meat. And I think that was only 160 pounds. Just there was all kinds of options. You could just get the. So if a hind quarter is 160 pounds, that just means the leg area. I don't know. I'm not a butcher, but, but let's say that's gosh, that's 500 pounds just on the legs. And I don't know what yet. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Would you say 3000 pounds? Uh, that seems way too much. Uh, I'm going to say 2200 pounds. 2200 well, L, there's a big difference between those two numbers. So what are you thinking? One dollar. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I thought it was some prices right. Uh, let's see. If you say a hind quarter is like 160 pounds, I'm going to do the quarter. That's 720. So I would say. What did you say, Len? I'm going to go closer to Len, but. 2200. 22. Okay. I'm going to say 1300. You're going to 1,300 pounds. Yeah. All right. L's got the bottom end of that. OG up there on the top. Len, everybody's got a little room here. We'd love to tell you who's right, but we don't play that way. We will be right back. Well, if you're new to Stacking Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things. So I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And uh, the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals and collaborate with your partner. And now, because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad-free privacy you can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. 
Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. OG set the bar at 3148. Nobody wants anything to do with that, brother. Yeah, I... uh... I don't know. I feel like, uh, I feel like they're over a ton. You I might, don't know why. Might, might've overshot, but we'll see. Len, you're at 2,200 pounds. Feeling good? I don't know. I, I will say this. I, I feel much better than I did last week. So, uh, I, I think I, I have the best chance here out of everybody. Biggest bull on record. Uh, and now 1,300 pounds for the biggest bull on record. I'm literally going off of what Len says. So now I'm feeling kind of <laughs> shaky. <laughs> She, she was hoping Len was a little more positive. I'm yeah. pretty sure Ella, that was 160 pounds for, they called it the hind quarter, which I don't, you know, I don't know what that meant, but. Well, let's. Uh, let's... Exactly what this is all about, but <laughs> I, I have this number in my brain, so I'm going to go with it. Right. Uh, Doug, these guys got numbers in their brain, but what's the real number? Carnival fans, I'm the ringleader of the world-famous WTF, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. So, you know how I told you that some of the neighbors were coming over to set up the carnival? Well, I'm not sure this is actually the treasure of an idea that I'd imagine. Um, Because most of these ankle biters are just running around playing tag. Worse yet... They're filling up all the holes I've been so painstakingly digging for the tents. And uh, and two of these brats are over there right now eating all the cake pops. Hey, Serena, you're eating my damn profit margin. I'm starting to think these parents just left their kids here for me to babysit them. Oh, my God. Hey, hey, Doug. Little Jimmy can stay till four when I get off work. Oh, hey, Doug, little Susie can hang out for an hour or so while I go run some errands. Oh, Doug, here's the formula and diapers for the baby. Her nap time's at 2.30. Well, I'll tell you what, all of this is going to be chapter three in my new management book. Talk about some bull. Wow. All right, let's get you your trivia, shall we? Obviously, beef is big business. The industry contributes approximately $894 billion in total to the U.S. economy, or just under 6% of total U.S. GDP. So what's the biggest bull on record? A Chianina bull named Donetto holds the world record for the heaviest bull, reported by one source as 3,920 pounds and 6 feet 1 inches tall, when exhibited at the Arezzo Italy show in 1955. Now that is a lot of brisket. (laughs) I gotta go before these kids destroy my entire f***ing carnival. See ya! Oh my god! Seriously? That is crazy! Almost 4,000 pounds. Almost two dump trucks. Wow. Oh. 
you can see Len that OG wants to avoid that last second needing to play for the win in mid December moment that you guys had the moment of protest. <laughs> so, yes, it's protest, a long, sure. it's a long season. We're, we're not even halfway through this, this year. So there's, there's plenty of time. There's plenty of time. No panic. Oh, gee. Well, no, I have some trivia when people come over to share. <laughs> Did you know? <laughs> That'll that is crazy. That is crazy. That's and then crazy. I'm going to feed them some false information like Len did me with the hind quarter. <laughs> By the way, you know, I, I don't know for sure, but I heard from a friend of mine. <laughs> Let's just do a little smoke. Now, now, El, I think us. that was accurate. Remember this, that was the record that was, and that was from one source. That's almost like, you know, one. So that, that sounds like an old wives tale almost. <laughs> What from 1955? One source. Yeah, one source probably, from 1955. Probably true. Like all <laughs> all Doug's trivia. <laughs> hey, today we are doing. Oh, uh, this is going to be the stacker help segment. If you want help with your money lessons and you want to get those via email, and every Monday, Wednesday, you want to get a guide to our show ahead of time, which includes lots of extras like the rules that OG and I talk about more information about the guests that we talk about all the links. Of course we have the show notes, which are a little less, but if you want more of the stacking Benjamins experience, stackingbenjamins.com forward slash stacker to get all that. And that will sign you up for money lessons and our show guide. Uh, today we're answering a letter that we got from John and this is more of a comment than a question, but I thought that it was, it was something I really wanted to ask you guys about. John said, listening to our show, May 13th, OG and I were talking about cryptocurrency and, uh, OG posited a fictional conversation. OG said, yeah, I bought a hundred dollars this coin and now it's worth 6,000. And then John says, and darn it, if I didn't have the exact same conversation with my millennial son, just the previous evening. He bought $200 of Dogecoin a couple weeks prior and saw it go up to $3,000 and then down to $1,000. So my son has, quote, diversified into three other cryptocurrencies. I told him I have a concern in that I doubt cryptocurrency is an investment. My definition of investing is putting your money to work, earning more money at a reasonable rate of return, usually via purchasing an asset for which I have reasonable confidence the asset should go up in value. With cash in the bank, a reasonable rate of return might be 1% or 2%, lately half a percent. For bonds, a reasonable return might be 3 4 5 per year. For stocks, a reasonable rate of return might average 8 9 or 10 per year, but only if an investor holds their stocks or a stock fund for a long period of time, more than 10 years. When they average out all the ups and downs of 15 or 20 or 30 years in the stock market, they should expect average returns from 8 to 10 per year. Problem with cryptocurrency is... I do not know what its reasonable rate of return would be. Maybe in a decade or two, might start to get an idea if there is a reasonable rate of return for crypto. Right now, however, people are salivating with unreasonable hope they will win super high returns from crypto. That's speculating. And then in all capitals, he writes, gambling. They're not investing. Keep up the great work. Thanks for that note, John. And it's funny because I think everybody right now knows somebody who won the crypto lottery, right? Got tons of money doing crypto, but let's talk about crypto as an investment. Our friend, uh, Andy Hill did a whole marriage, kids and money podcast where all he talked mm -hmm. about was crypto just about a week and a half ago. And, uh, we'll link to that in our show notes. If you want to listen to that episode, guys, what do you think about crypto and investing L 
let's have our guest of honor go first. So far, the conversations I'm seeing in my Facebook stream, people emailing me, even my friends and family, I don't put the two together the way they're talking about crypto. And I actually do have uh, Bitcoin, uh, probably dating myself. Years ago, I got it and I was preparing for a, a future episode and I thought, I think I have a wallet with some Bitcoin. Turns out I do. And long story short, I'm going on an adventure to see if I can get that money because right now I can't. Uh, and I'm what? sitting on $500. Why can't, why can't you get it? <laughs> Two things. So I had a wallet with Mount Grox, which is gone. Oh, yeah. That's gone. And another provider, which appears to have been bought out by a German bank. And I cannot qualify with my identification and my phone number being American to get access to it. And I don't have the uh, key for my particular wallet. I use that account for the access. So yeah, it's about, I guess today about $500 worth of Bitcoin, like a fraction of half a percent or something like that. How much money do you remember how much you put into it? You know what? I got paid and it was like, Back then, they had not Task Rabbit, but it was one of those. I was doing an experiment, you know, paying down debt, finding fun ways to to make money, and they paid you in like Bitcoin, like fractions of slivers of Bitcoin. So I totally forgot about it. But that's how I see it. I don't see it as part of my investments. Like I wouldn't include it in my net worth. I understand, and I I think the technology is fascinating, but ninety nine percent of the people I'm talking to aren't interested in the technology. A lot of them can't explain it, how it works. It they're just goes interested up. in the fast return. Yeah. They're interested in how quick they can uh, get their money to grow. And so I'm going to agree with uh, John here. I don't think it's actual investing. I think it's speculating. It's just the next GameStop. Len? Yeah, I totally agree. It's it's speculation. That's all it is. Call it investments crazy. And, and, and you know, that's fine. If you're going to speculate and make money, that's great. That doesn't mean that it's an investment. Uh, things can go down. Um, the Fed, the reason I see it as speculation, one, it hasn't been, it hasn't, like John said, it hasn't been around long enough. And there's so many of them out there. And there's like a mania with it right now. There's a, mm-hmm. there are so many people are jumping and everybody's talking about it. Everybody's talking about it. If you want to speculate, that's fine. I speculate in certain things as well. It's fine to speculate. I wouldn't, you know, put a very small portion of your fund money towards. There's nothing wrong with that. But to think of it as an investment, you're playing with fire. You seem like a guy, Len, that uh, as a currency would like the idea of crypto. Um, well, if it behaved as a currency – it really doesn't behave. I mean, it's very hard to spend it. It's right. there's not many places you can use it. So, um, yeah, I uh, no, I'm. I mean, we can talk about this all. I can talk for an hour about cryptocurrencies and why I think they're not useful as a currency or as a store of value. But they- they've been very good. They've been very good as a speculative play for the last few years. You can't knock people who have gone out on a limb and done it. Charlie Munger agrees with you about it not being a uh, a good store of value not uh, not a good place to have money but you don't think that that having this um, decentralized currency idea is better and I mean we, we're seeing JP Morgan put some money in it we're seeing Goldman Sachs I don't know that they're looking at it as an investment as much as they're looking at it as diversifying away from a fiat currency well 
Okay, you're diversifying as a, I mean, we can get into this technically, but I mean, the problem, Bitcoin's main problem is it is monetized or it is valued in terms of the very fiat currency you're trying to get away from. And you, people can say, well, gold and silver are the same. That's not true because gold and silver are, they can be valued in terms of themselves. They're self-referential. They are elements on the periodic table. So you can value things in terms of weight of gold and silver. They're tangible. Bitcoin and all cryptocurrencies are not tangible items. Um, and just as a quick thought experiment, I, I tell my readers all the time, let's say the dollar is some disaster strikes and the dollar, the value of the dollar goes to zero. What would that mean for Bitcoin? Bitcoin, that would mean Bitcoin would be worth infinity dollars. Now, infinity is a huge number, but it's also an impractical number and you can't use it for any transactions. Whereas gold or silver, if the dollar goes to zero, we always know that a loaf of bread is worth the amount of silver in a, for example, a U.S. dime, pre-1965 U.S. dime. You can always buy a gallon of gas for the amount of silver in a pre-1965 quarter or a, a pound of chicken in terms of weight. So that can always, it's always in terms of weight. So you can always fall back on gold and silver. And that's why central banks have gold. They don't hold Bitcoin. They don't hold anything like that. There's a reason for that. So, I mean, it's a fascinating topic. I, I could talk about this all day, but but yes, that those are my thoughts. No, yeah, I, love I think it's fascinating. Yeah. I, I, I think the technology is fascinating. I think the people making a ton of money are the uh, scalpers with the graphics cards. My husband's yeah. into computers yeah. and programming, and he can't get the card because it's supposed to be on sale for 800. Scalpers are buying them with bots and then selling them to crypto miners for 1600. You know, so they're making some money on that. I wanted to build my last computer because I thought it would just be fun, kind of like Len with his train <laughs> set. I haven't built a computer in a long time, so I wanted to do that. It was way cheaper, way, way, way cheaper for me to buy one from Dell because of the fact that the graphics yeah. cards are marked up unbelievably and I couldn't get one. I was looking at an Xbox, new Xbox is 500 bucks. They're selling them on walmart.com for a thousand dollars and they're calling it a bundle, but it's not a bundle. It doesn't come with anything except for the Xbox. Um, and they said that that's not going to go away until late this year. In Intel saying that for PS fives, it's going to be next year. So wow, it's 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 crazy the the chip problem and and by the way look at me i'm complaining about my about my about not being able to get an xbox and building a computer <laughs> what, but think about the real stuff here like medical devices right yeah. where they need that technology i mean oh poor joe can't you know can't, can't do his xbox well, vehicles, too. I mean, real things that we all use, like like Ford has tons of their trucks right. sitting just they can't even mm -hmm. sell them because they're missing the chips. I drove by the Kentucky Speedway a few weeks ago and had no idea if you're driving by that highway. I think it's 71. And you look at the parking lot for the Kentucky Speedway. It is all Len. It's all trucks. And I thought, wow, trucks aren't selling. And then I read that article that said that these trucks have everything in it except the chip. Exactly. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Sitting there waiting for the electronics. Uh, OG, how about you? Crypto? Well, uh, the only thing that I'll add to this is, despite whether we think it's an investment or not, the IRS certainly does think it is. So all the day trading that you're doing in your crypto and Dogecoin and Shiba coin and Shiba coin and your F Elon Musk coin and whatever, you know, whatever else you've are feeling like trading on, 
there's one little box that's on your tax returns now that says, do you own or did you own or trade any virtual currency within the last tax year? And uh, it's a really innocuous little box. There's just a yes or no question. And if you answer no, and then you find out, and then the G finds out that you did, well, guess what? Major problems. If you mark yes, now what do you have to do? Now you got to recreate all of those documents because most of these companies are not providing statements at the end of the year going, hey, by the way, you bought and sold all this stuff. Here's all your outcomes. And don't forget, some of this stuff is wash sales and all this other sort of, you have to figure that out all on your own. So I don't know that it's an investment. I don't know. I, I, I should say I'm pretty confident to say it's not an investment speculation for sure, but the IRS does think it's an investment. But, so. but, and so right there's the problem because the IRS says that it's an investment, not a currency, right? So when I buy a sandwich with it, I'll have to pay capital gains tax on the <laughs> sandwich or take the loss, depending on when I bought it. But on the other yeah. side, the SEC says, hey, we can't regulate it because it's a currency. It's not an investment. So you end up with all of these shysters and people getting ripped off in the Mt. Gox thing, as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, you end up with all of these different crazy things in the wild, wild west because the SEC says, not me. And the IRS says, not a currency. Like what? It isn't a currency and it's not an investment, <laughs> according to the U.S. government. So what the, what the hell is it? I'm with you, Al. I'm fascinated by it as a currency. I'm fascinated by it. But to Len's point, how the hell can I buy anything with it when it's gyrating all over the place? Like, even if I'm comparing the yen against the dollar, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Those will shift so much less. I lived on the Canadian border. It was always fun to go to Canada. And sometimes you had a lot of money. Sometimes you didn't have that much money. when you crossed, uh, just looking at all those, but nothing like this, like where, where do we go with it? I don't know. Yeah. I had this conversation with someone, where are you using it? And in this case, someone, you know, was asking about, should I put this as part of my retirement plan? I'm like, no. Um, can you explain, do you understand the technology behind it? Um, you don't have to be an expert in everything, But if you're going to invest money, if you're going to invest a considerable part of your money, you should understand the concepts, the ideas well enough to explain it to someone else before you're you're getting in on that. Yeah, the the investment portion, L, is actually the technology itself, which is blockchain technology. If you want to call it investment, invest in companies that are making good use of blockchain technology. That's that's Mm -hmm. the difference between investing and speculating. I I agree. I think that's a good place to leave it. John, thanks for the note. And uh, that drove a nice conversation about uh, crypto and the state of crypto. It'll be interesting to see what happens next. Because, man, if you're ever bored, just go pay attention to the news about crypto. Elon Musk says one thing. And and uh, a couple of weeks ago, Dogecoin hit the floor when he talked about it on SNL. And then the next week, he talked about Bitcoin. And that went down. Apparently now the market thinks if Elon Musk is talking about it, we're selling. I don't, I don't know where before, wasn't it? We were buying if Elon. I, I, I don't know. It's like, I feel like they, they changed the dress code. All right. That's going to do it for today, guys. Hey, let's uh, talk about what's happening where you are. Let's uh, find out first. OG, what are you doing for the long uh, Memorial day weekend, my friend? Uh, well, the biggest thing around here is kids are finally out of school. So that's super awesome. My daughter's got her fifth birthday, which is second awesome. 
And then we're going to a wedding reception, you know, because it's Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> of course. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, we'll let our guest of honor go last. So, Mr. Penzo, what's happening at LenPenzo.com? Yeah, well, I already mentioned it, but uh, yeah, the seven modest wedding gifts that I'm still enjoying and the honeybee uh, 25 years later, uh, it's it, it really is a popular post. It's been around a while. I originally did it when I was we were married 20 years. And since uh, uh, in May, here middle of May was our 25th, I just pulled it back out. And uh, so that's interesting. And hey, if you are interested in macroeconomics, every Saturday uh, we have uh, what we call black coffee at LenPenzo, where we discuss all things macroeconomics. So uh, you want to talk about cryptocurrencies, what have you, that's when we do it. So and that's LenPenzo.com. Find all that at LenPenzo.com. I can't wait to read exactly what those, uh, what those things are and compare notes. <laughs> Al, <laughs> thanks so much for hanging out with us, my friend. Oh, it was a lot of fun. I'm like you guys, I'm gearing up for summer. I just started the podcast up again. We were talking about uh, this is the year of a little bit of uncertainty. We want to travel. How do you find some safe options just in case things change again? Uh, so I discussed that with Karen Corduroy, which was a lot of fun. And then uh, we're celebrating this upcoming month, uh, fourth anniversary of Jumpstart Your Marriage and Your Money. So speaking of wedding gifts, if you want success for your friends that are getting married, uh, include that in your gift. Oh, cool. And that is all where finer podcasts are, are sold, are distributed. <laughs> Not at Mount Gox. <laughs> yes, I also not. just wanted to find that out. Yes, and, we, and by the way, Karen Cordaway is a ton of fun. She has a new podcast as well. That's a lot of fun about yeah. uh, going to get your bucket list. Good stuff. Yeah, there. a lot of travel tips. Yes, absolutely. All right, that's going to do it for today. Uh, Doug, you got it from here, man. What should we have learned today? So, what should we have learned today? First, take a lesson from our roundtable discussion. Traveling to a wedding doesn't have to break the bank. You don't need to buy a new wardrobe or even being just slightly flexible on travel can save you oodles of money. Second, how about working with neighborhood kids on a literacy competition? While you may or may not win, we all win when the kids know more about money. But the big lesson? I'm not your babysitter, people. Watch your own kids. Now I've got to go clean up whatever they've done to the pin the tail game. No, we're not pinning the tail on OG. Wait a minute. On second thought, that is a great idea, Serena. These kids about to learn a lesson they ain't never going to forget. To learn more about our guests and for more resources, you can head to our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com. To learn more from El Martinez, tune in to the Couple Money Podcast. And to see what Len Penzo is up to, just head on over to LenPenzo.com. For more on Terry Williams and One United Bank's I Got Bank Financial Literacy Contest, head to OneUnited.com slash book or head to our show notes page. You'll also find a link for their upcoming conference as well. This show is created by Joe Saul Seahy, produced by Karen Rapine, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I really thought doing these credits completely naked would have been a lot more fun than it actually was. 
SB Podcast may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remunerations. That's a big word. There's no way you take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. And before making any financial decisions, consult with a real financial advisor. I don't know, Len, if you like uh, peanut butter or not. These are Kodiak peanut butter granola bars. Ooh, wow. 10, 10 grams of protein. Wow, it doesn't negate the 220 calories, but, you know. Do, do you like Cheetos? I've had too <laughs> much Cheetos, actually. Do you like the white cheddar Cheetos? Ooh. Zero actually, grams no. of protein. <laughs> I don't like the white cheddar Cheez-Its either. I'm, um. I'm waiting to see exactly what your... Like, how are you going to suck down? How are you going to suck down Cheetos while we're recording a podcast? If you see me on mute, it's going to be orange by the end. It will be. No, and the and the end of his microphone is all orange. (laughs) (laughs) Well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is. Military Appreciation Month, and I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be a guy who gives to his community, gives to his family, and is always there when you need them. This Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate members like Eric who go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Navy Federal's employees are part of the community they serve. Many of them are military family members, reservists, or veterans, and all branches of the military, veterans, DOD employees, and their families are eligible for Navy Federal membership. In fact, there are so many resources on the Navy Federal website, resources like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and best careers for military spouses to support military families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.